بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا لا ترفعوا اصواتكم فوق صوت النبي ولا تجهروا له بالقول كجهر بعضكم لبعض ان تحبط اعمالكم وانتم لا تشعرون ان الذين يغضون اصواتهم عند رسول الله اولئك الذين امتحن الله قلوبهم للتقوى لهم مغفرة واجر عظيم صدق الله العظيم the incident on which this ayat was revealed that was discussed already that in the presence of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the voices of some sahaba got raised so on this allah ta'ala revealed this ayat that oh you who believe ya ayyuhalladhina amanu la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi don't raise your voices above the voice of the nabi of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam wala tajharu lahu bil qawl ka jahri ba'dikum li ba'd and don't call out unto him like you call one another in other words in a very informal manner like friends will just see a friend at a slight distance he might just call at him or he comes to meet his friend he might just call out for him aloud so this is not in order that when you are calling to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam you should not do so you should not be so informal and so carefree like you are with one another in among friends among people without uh, meaning of just who are your associates etc that's not in keeping with the etiquette and with the respect of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the mufassirin have written that this obviously what pertained to the respect for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is in a level of its own nobody can ever come anywhere close to that degree of respect that is required but the same basic etiquette is applicable to all those who are in any way the guides of deen the ulama ikram people who are teaching deen the similar etiquette applies in their regard as well that person should be maintaining the respect he should not be crossing the boundaries of adab this is an extremely important aspect that we maintain the respect of those who are the guardians of the knowledge of deen etc otherwise when the respect for the people of deen that goes away gradually this then goes beyond that a person starts losing respect for the aspects of deen he loses respect for the person teaching him the quran sharif he gradually doesn't even have respect for the quran sharif itself so this is a very very important aspect apart from the the danger that he start disrespecting the aspects of deen this in itself is a requirement in deen that the people of deen should be respected so allah taala further says don't ever do this wala tajharu lahu bil qawl ka jahri ba'dikum li ba'd an tahbata a'malukum wa antum la tashqurun that it should not happen that all your a'mal all your actions become null and void 
that you should refrain from raising your voices above the voice of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and calling to him like you call one another very, in a very carefully manner, very casually, very informally. Why should you refrain from this? Because there's a very great danger that if you ever indulge in this, it may result in all your a'mal getting completely wiped out, becoming null and void. And you won't even realize what happens. Now the very important question that comes here is that the a'mal of a person, whatever he has done that is completed, he will not be deprived of that reward except in one situation. One situation, all the a'mal are completely then nullified. There's nothing for him then. That is the situation of kufr. If a person commits kufr, then everything is zero. There's nothing available now. The command of Allah Ta'ala that has been mentioned, this relates to an aspect of adab. If a person has not fulfilled this adab, this is a major sin, and especially with regards to not being uh, fulfilling the adab of Rasulullah this is obviously an extremely major sin, but nevertheless it is not in itself kufr. And kufr is the aspect that nullifies the rewards. And here Allah Ta'ala says that you should be afraid of this, that all your amal will become nullified. So apparently this is something apart from the rule. Because the rule is that kufr only will nullify the faults, uh, the, the, the rewards and the amal. And this is a matter of disrespect. So disrespect is not kufr in itself. There have been various explanations given to this, but the very clear and simple explanation to this is that what is being said here, that this act of disrespect, this act of disrespect in itself is not kufr. But what Allah Ta'ala is saying here is that this will lead to all your a'mal becoming nullified. How? The disrespect that was shown, this becomes a means of the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala being removed. The tawfiq, that ability that was being granted to him from the side of Allah Ta'ala to conduct himself correctly, to do righteous deeds, to stay away from sin, etc. Now, the ill effect of disrespect is that that tawfiq gets taken away. Now, the tawfiq got taken away, so now a person starts sliding. When the tawfiq is gone, the righteous actions start falling away, and a person becomes bold in starting to sin. So now first he starts committing sin of one level, and then sin of another level, more intense, and then one thing leads to another. <coughs> There's a well-known saying, Al-Ma'asi Baridul Kufr. <coughs> Al-Ma'asi Baridul Kufr. Ma'asi means sin. Barid, one context in which it is used is the post. So to say it's a postman. Sins are the postman to Kufr. Meaning it leads a person eventually to Kufr. Now the person committed one sin, second sin, ten sins, hundred sins, a smaller sin, then the bigger sin, then the even more serious sin. Person was looking at haram, now he's going to find the places of haram. 
because now looking at haram is no more now giving him what he, that satisfaction that he was searching for because it's all just a deception. It's all just that deception and he's searching for something, he's searching for some satisfaction. That satisfaction is not, one iota of it is not there. It is just merely that sweet poison. So now the sweet poison gives some momentary sweetness, but then the fire starts, then the poison starts burning. So now he's looking for something else now to try and bring that sweetness, so-called sweetness back. So he gets deeper into it, thinking that this is what more of it will give me what I'm looking for. But more of it gives him greater misery. So now he thinks about something even more of a stronger level. So now he goes to something else on a different level. But that becomes a greater musibat. So likewise he was now looking at haram, now he's going to visit places of haram. And he gets him, his whole life in a mess, and his deen is gone, his dunya is gone. But this is the way things then just keep declining, keep retrogressing, keep falling. So now when a person gets caught up in this cycle, now one thing leads to another, and now the topic is gone. Eventually a person starts doing things, Allah forbid, that become kufr. So the first instance, it wasn't kufr. But that is where the whole downfall started. And that downfall went to this point that eventually he fell into kufr. But where it started off from, and sometimes that kufr happens in a way, one is a very blatant manner. Allah Ta'ala protect us that this too is a very, very heartbreaking situation and very, very dangerous situation. That from time to time, these are things that come up that somebody is just so-called coming out, coming out from what? This is, these things are not for any other purpose, merely for our ibrat. It's being mentioned merely for our ibrat, that we cannot take anything for granted. We cannot become just careless and take things for granted. Now in the month of Ramadan, towards the beginning of Ramadan, there was a call, one youngster, come somewhere out of Durban, and Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, the person who knew him well, another alim of the town who knew him well, he says this person is capable of reciting, of performing all 20 rakats himself. And he's studying elsewhere in some other province. Suddenly he phones his family and his conference calls them and says, no, he wants to speak to everybody jointly. And then, he says that I am tired of living this lie that I'm claiming to be a Muslim. And he claims that he had left Islam already a few years ago. But he was just going with the motions. Now in the month of Ramadan, because he's now living in some other province, just in some campus somewhere. So now the family was phoning him every day. You made Sahri and you read your Tarawih. And he says now he had enough of all this. And now he cannot bear this anymore. So he decided to come out. And he decided to announce what his reality is. Now a person, Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, and person from a family background that people are all involved in deen, etc. But now in this environment and got caught up in all these fallacies of evolution and Darwin and whatnot, and now he comes out to say that this is what his position is, this is what he is. That he has already now, na'uzubillah, long been out. Now this is the very, very tragic situation. 
sometimes like this is a more blatant thing person came out in the blatantly declaring his kufr Allah Ta'ala protect us but even this very often has some kind of issue that was the background that then things just went in a different direction and many times is not always the case but many times it is some disrespect of some sort disrespect is an extremely dangerous thing sin is also very dangerous but disrespect is even more dangerous than sin and the dalil and the proof of that is this ayat of the Quran Sharif that in various places the harms of sins have been mentioned in the Quran Sharif in the Hadith Sharif but the harm of disrespect in the manner in which it has been described in this ayat this is a far more severe description than all those other instances that here Allah Ta'ala is warning that beware your disrespect may lead to this that so one is that a person becomes very blatant about it and sometimes a person himself starts doing things he starts saying things he starts making such comments he starts blurting such things that he doesn't even realize that he's committed kufr he also is not yet aware of that reality that has happened and he's carrying on that well I'm fine but meanwhile he's already gone to a point of kufr and that is what is being referred to here وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ that you won't even realize what happened but what was the catalyst the catalyst was this disrespect this bayadbi and because this pertained to Rasulullah so obviously the disrespect to Rasulullah the repercussions of this would be equally severe Sabu Fasirin has explained here that disrespect in, in itself is not kufr. But here Allah Ta'ala is warning that look, be very, very cautious. Here the disrespect that may happen sometimes unwittingly. One is deliberately, a person is deliberately committing some act of disrespect. Sometimes a person is committing some disrespect unwittingly. He's not even conscious of the fact that he's committing some disrespect. But disrespect is something that is, it causes hurt. So now if you are going to commit some disrespect with regards to Rasulullah and if this causes some taklif to him, Iza, and causing taklif to Rasulullah this in itself deliberate taklif is kufr so now you might sometimes unwittingly commit it and if it reaches that level of iza then Allah forbid that could become a, also a means of your downfall but because you were not even aware that this is what we did we caused this taklif you're not even aware of it you didn't even realize it but this has dropped you into the state of kufr so this is a very very sensitive matter the aspects of respect, respect is a very very important aspect in deen. Deen is entirely respect. So deen, every aspect of deen, respect is an integral part of it. Salah is all about respect. Person coming into the masjid is all about respect. All the adab of the masjid, person shouldn't bring any foul odor into the masjid. So now, what is the issue? Why shouldn't he bring any foul odor into the masjid? A person has a smoking habit. So, 
Now he's going to be just smoking and then he's going to come into a masjid. Sometimes a person has a habit that now while he's walking to the masjid, so now he's busy just finishing off with his cigarette. But now he's going to enter the masjid. Obviously that odor is going to come along. Now all this is totally against the dictates of the respect of the masjid. So therefore these things have been forbidden. In the time of Rasulullah there was no such thing as smoking, but people used to eat sometimes raw garlic and raw onions. That time food was a very, very, many of them, they were on a starvation diet. So anything that was available to eat, they would eat it. So now if the raw onion or raw garlic was available, that is what they ate. But now that gives off an odor. Rasulullah very strongly forbade this. That a person just comes into the masjid without having thoroughly cleansed his mouth and removed that odor completely. Otherwise, this is against the respect of the masjid. It gives taklif and difficulty to the angels as well. Because the angels, despite being a very, very pure creation, but that the malaika also, they also, they experience difficulty from those things that insan experience difficulty. So bad odors, this is inconveniences insan, it inconveniences the malaika to an even greater extent. So now that becomes another problem that now a person is coming to the masjid and is coming for the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala, but this now disturbs the malaika as well. But the point we were discussing is that now why has this been forbidden? Primarily that this is against the respect of the masjid. Person should not raise his voices in the masjid. Why? Raising his voice in the masjid is against the etiquette and against the respect of the masjid. So many things are related purely to aspects of adab. How a person speaks to his parents, that a person should not even say to them, Uff, wala taqullahuma uff, wala tanharhuma. Don't ever say even uff to them. Don't rebuke them. Why? Because this is totally against the respect of parents. Every aspect of life, if one looks at it, all the things, there will be some guidance with regards to how respect must be maintained. So respect is an extremely fundamental aspect of deen. And depending now what was disrespected, accordingly the repercussions come. And this is how serious and damaging it becomes. So this is a very, very important aspect in deen. Ba adab ba nasib. Be adab be nasib. This is a well-known saying. The person who maintains adab and respect, such a person, he gains a lot. And the person who does not have adab and respect, such a person loses out. When this ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed, there was one Sahabi, an Ansari Sahabi, Hazrat Sabit bin Qais bin Shammas radiallahu ta'ala He was a very eloquent Sahabi known as Khatib al-Ansar and his voice was naturally loud. Now everybody's voice is at a different tone. Somebody is very, very soft and somebody is naturally loud. It's not that the person is elevating his voice, raising his voice. It's naturally loud. He was a person whose voice was naturally loud. And when he heard this ayat of the Quran Sharif, that this is the ayat that has been revealed. La tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi. Now his voice being naturally loud, when he would talk, it would, at his natural voice, it would be somewhat louder than the voice of Rasulullah Now when he heard this, and this 
command that is, or this, this warning that is here, that beware of this, otherwise all your a'mal would be cancelled. He heard this and became so concerned and so worried, he confined himself to his house. He stopped even attending the salah with jama'ah. Now Rasulullah noticed that her sabit is not around, so he asked her Sa'ad bin Mu'az that what has happened to Sabit? So Sa'ad replied and said that he is my neighbor, or perhaps it could mean in my neighborhood, and I am not aware of him being ill. Now this is another lesson in here, that Hazrat Sa'ad is replying and saying, Innahu lajari, wa ma alimtu lahu bi shakwa. He is my neighbor, or it's in the immediate neighborhood, and I am not aware of him being sick. So I don't know why he's not here. In other words, being a neighbor, if he was sick and that's the reason he's not coming to the masjid for salah with jama'ah, then it's not something that would have been possible that he is sick, my neighbor is sick and I don't know about it. They were so aware and would keep in themselves informed that if somebody is sick, somebody is in some situation, some need, it was not that they lived for themselves. And what goes on, who is dying of hunger, or who is crying, or who is what's going on, that's not their issue, no, no. They were very much as part of a community, and everybody's issue was their issue. They were very much concerned about one another. So he nevertheless came to check now what's going on. The Nabi Islaus he came, came to the house, met with the Sabit and he says to him that Nabi Islam was asking, you are missing what's going on. So his response was that I am a Jahannami. What are you talking about? So he says this ayat of the Quran Sharif has been revealed that don't raise your voices above the voice of Rasulullah otherwise all your actions are nullified. And you are aware that my voice is naturally louder. So in other words, all this while that I was talking, and I was conversing with Nabi Sallallahu himself, and my voice was louder. So I have already cancelled all my amal. And now if I come out and I'm going to talk again, anything I talk, I will end up crossing this line again. So there's no chance for me. So the Sadr comes back to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he informs him that this is what Hazrat Sabit is saying, that innahu lamin ahlin nar, that he is a Jahannami. Nabi Sallallahu says, no, innahu min ahlil jannah, that go back and give him the glad tidings that he is a person of Jannah. Now what was the point here? The point was that when this ayat was revealed, Hazrat Sabit obviously was not the person, he was not, the, this ayat was not applicable to him because the ayat is saying, La tarfa'u aswatakum. Don't raise your voice. He wasn't raising his voice. He was talking naturally. So he was not being referred to, or this was not applicable to him. But the concern he had, that he didn't want to start already making some kind of loophole for himself, making some interpretation for himself, or start bringing up some objection of some sort, that how can this apply to me? I am not, this is naturally my voice. That wasn't the, the way of the Sahaba, to find some gap find some loophole, where it didn't apply to them also, they still went on to extreme caution. And he was very, very concerned 
that though this doesn't seem to apply to me, I'm not raising my voice naturally, uh, deliberately, but what if this too is in some way going to become a problem? That I'm talking and the voice of Rasulullah, my voice is going somewhat higher than him, and then I have crossed the line of respect. So that extreme caution in being respectful and that concern, not taking chances, not well, anything and everything now, well, this seems to be, there's some, some leeway here to make this also fine for myself. And this also, well, somebody said that this is fine. And on somewhere in Google, I found some fatwa to say that this is not really a problem. So therefore, this is okay for me also. So now finding some loopholes and finding some way around giving myself some kind of uh, leeway for everything, the end result becomes that a person starts going headlong into clear-cut haram. Because he found some isolated, some view somewhere that said, no, this is okay also. And then when he won't find any view that gives him some permission, he will distort something to make the permission. It starts off somewhere and it carries on spiraling downwards. Here he took this path of extreme caution. What was the outcome of this? The outcome of this, that he's still walking on earth and he got the endorsement of Jannah from Rasulullah Innahu min ahlil jannah. The Sahaba say, thereafter we would see Hazrat Sabit walking, people would point to him and they would say to one another, there is a person of Jannah. Here you can see the person of Jannah. See with your eyes walking on earth. What, this, what brought this? His extreme adab. His extreme adab, his extreme caution. That he was not prepared to take any chances. Person who doesn't take chances, then he goes way ahead. Person taking chances, already that word itself is saying it is a chance. You don't know how badly you can miss the chance and how that can backfire and can cause so much of problems and difficulties. So this is something extremely important. We don't take chances in deen. We be 100% sure what is correct to be done. And especially with regards to adab, we don't compromise adab in any way. Allah Ta'ala give us perfect.